0: what's up mzanzi welcome to this farmer's inside track episode powered by red meat industry services i'm your host octavius pandil now optimizing a production system that works on your farm is about tackling one variable at a time merging science principles and practical implementation and of course the difference between maximization and efficiency to achieve that kind of optimization in this episode philip or in who serves COO at the Red Meat Industry Services, talks about the importance of optimization and she's some practical examples. Philip, welcome to Farmers Inside Track.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Now, optimizing a production system that works on your farm is about tackling one variable at a time. Talk to us a little bit about some of the reasons why optimization is important.
1: If you talk about optimization, I think it's important to define it as well. But in the broader broadest sense, optimization should always be the objective of any farming enterprise. And I mean, the, the essence of it is profitability. And the profitability, if a farming enterprise is not profitable, it's not sustainable. But it's not only about the profitability of a farming enterprise for the farmer themselves or the Red Meat Valley chain or whoever the role player in the Valley chain is. If we don't have profitable farming enterprises and commercial enterprises in the Red Meat Valley chain, we're not going to have food supply and specifically meat supply for the consumers out there. So it's really from both parties with regards to the production side, farmers, and as well as the consumers from the other side, is that we have to optimize our systems. And if we speak about optimization of our systems, I mean, there's a lot of factors that needs to be taken in consideration with regards to the system itself. A lot of emphasis on the resources that we use in these systems. So I think profitability, without a doubt, is, is the objective, why we should optimize. And also use the natural resources that's given to us to produce food for our people. And we know we've got a growing population, a lot in South Africa, but the global increase in population at a massive speed. And we have to keep on producing more food with limited supplies and limited natural resources to actually feed our nation.
0: And what are the differences between maximization and efficiency to achieve that kind of optimization?
1: That's really the mentality that we should focus on when we tackle these these sort of challenges and situations with regards to resource use, the major difference in order to get to optimization, if maximization is is the objective, I mean that's just to get more food on the table and to get a higher yield with regards to production. However, if you only go for higher yields, and we've seen this in many industries outside the red meat industry as well, a higher yield and more supply is not necessarily Linked to a higher profitability. And as we just said, profitability is the objective and should be the objective for sustainability at the end. So, maximization is important. However, we should really try to shift our focus to efficiency. And if we talk about efficiency, also looking at maximization, but if you look at efficiency, is how do we use our resources efficiently? So, it's more about every single piece of natural resources, whether that's natural grazing, whether it's rainfall, whether it's time, whether it's labor, whether it's funds whatever it might be, so that how do we turn that over into food for the clients out there. So I think that's sort of the mentality change that needs to happen. I think it already happened in many sectors in the red meat industry is how do we efficiently turn natural resources into consumable beef in our industry, but in consumable food as a whole in order to, to achieve optimization.
0: Philip, there's definitely an interchangeable link between merging science principles and practical implementation. Can you share with us a little bit about that, the importance of the science and practical implementation of that?
1: I think that's a miscommunication in a sense between science. And if you speak about science, I mean, it's from academics and from literature and so forth to what's actually practical, practical enough to be implemented. I think there's a lot of work to be done there, but there's a lot of positives out, out of it as well. I mean, if you speak about the scientific part of it. To look at the red meat industry. I know you know, really looking at the science behind it with regards to the biology. Do we really understand what the growth potential is, for instance, from different cattle breeds, or what the growth potential is? from this different sheep breeds or whatever it might be, is really understanding the biology behind it, really understanding the data that can be gathered from production systems. And if we really understand the biology behind it, if we really understand the economics behind it, if you really understand the data and the usability of data and how to turn data in, into decision support models and so forth, that's the one part that we really need to understand. However, I think the disconnect over time is that we understand all the science principles behind it however is it really practically implementable and i think that's maybe the bigger challenge is not to gain all the knowledge from a scientific point of view but to actually transform that knowledge into a let's call it a simple and implementable practice With regards to how do we use it, if you go into your business tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, you're actually going to implement all all the knowledge and systems and data that you gather over time is how do you implement it. When we look at science and research as a whole, the implementation part of it, and especially with the uh, collaboration with industry, is really important. And to make sure that when we get a lot of information and decision support models and recommendations from a science point of view, that you can actually implement it and really make a difference in the industry to be more profitable and to enhance optimization at the end of the day.
0: And can you maybe share with our listeners some of those practical examples and some of those challenges with those practical examples that you will share with us?
1: To bring it home, in a sense, if we look at the primary producers, and especially let's talk about small-scale farmers and even commercial farmers and the link between primary production with the cow-calf operation guys that delivers to the feedlot in a major sense Lee, delivers a product or weaners to the feedlot. Do we really understand what the feedlot wants? So for a scientific point of view, a feedlot would like to to purchase lighter animals. So a a calf of 200 to 230 kilograms. However, from a primary producer point of view, you want to sell a heavier calf to get more money in your pocket. However, if you look at the discount that the feedlot will give you for a heavier calf, you don't really understand it. I mean, you've got a heavier calf with a discounted price versus a lighter golf with a premium price, which doesn't really make sense. So how do we see this? And if you really understand the science behind it from a feedlot perspective is that the lighter golf they do produce better and they grow better and the profitability is better from a feedlot perspective, where the heavier calves has a way lower profitability in the feedlot. So from a farming point of view, if you understand the science behind it and you understand the biology behind it and the economics behind it, You can actually have an idea in your head that from a practical point of view, maybe you should put your winners in the market at a lower weight, however you're going to get a better price. Another advantage of that might be that the winners are of the farm way ahead of time and that the carrying capacity of your farm will increase over time. You've got a lower rate of cattle on your farm. So I think that's one of the things you need to understand in biology, why wiener golfs with regards to the entry weight is actually discounted or paid premiums from the feedlot, which is a science part. And you can redirect that to yourself and say, from a practical point of view, maybe this is the way that we should mark and look at the advantages of that i think it's really important to sort of get that science connected with the practical practical implementation if you look at just another example from a feedlot perspective i mean there's different cattle breeds there's different genetic potential cattle that comes into a feedlot i mean it's, it's big quantities that that's handled in feedlots different entry weights different seasons different raw materials that's used in feedlot ration however if we look at it from a scientific point of view do we really understand what the genetic potential is for a specific breed or a specific gender or whatever it might be. How do we use that to optimize the growth out of a specific animal? If an animal only has a a specific production trade, let's say average daily gain, which is the growth in a feedlot of 1.5 kilograms a day, that's okay. You don't have to maximize that. You just need to use that efficiently with regards to maybe looking at the alternative feeding period, decreasing the feeding period to actually use that genetic potential to also make money and increase profitability over time. There's quite a lot of examples for that, but I think it's more a mentality shift that we've been seeing for quite a time now and that we are endorsing without a doubt is to say understand the science and let's take it to practical implementation. Otherwise it just stays science and somewhere written up in documents. But we have to implement it to take our industry for a lot of positives uh, from the academic side. I think the the biggest challenge at the moment is to get it on the implementation side. I think there's a lot of a lot of positives that can, can come out of especially from a data point of view, which we've seen is 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 very, very important. And I think there's going to be a lot of positives with regard to that in our industry in the next 10 years.
0: Thanks, Philip Worsthausen, COO at the Red Meat Industry Services. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Octavis Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van Der Fiend, and the rest of the hashtags with Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right?